Once upon a time, there was a girl named Cinderella. I'll, I'll take it from here. Thanks. It's me, Cinder... Cindy. This is the story of a girl who lost track. Not in a big way, like lost her way in the woods and couldn't any longer follow the trail of breadcrumbs she'd left behind because the birds ate them. Note to self, use something other than breadcrumbs if I ever venture deep into the woods. But lost track in the way where you're unpacking the groceries and you find you already have one of what you just bought... Or more than one. That girl is me. This is my story. At least one of them. There was a time I would make a shopping list before I went to the store. I say used to, like it could have been last month or last year, but really it's like in another lifetime when I was wildly organized and far more focused and disciplined and had more time. That was also the time I'd plan meals and figure out what I'd need to make a week's worth of dinners, school lunches, snacks. Or at least I'd try to. I've never been very good at planning ahead, but I meant to be. Anyway, that was then. This is now. Now, when I don't even pretend to have any sort of a plan when it comes to food. Now, running to the store is pretty much completely, entirely impulsive. Like, hey, I need milk. Grab my bag, hop in the car and go. Which means I frequently forget to bring home other things I may need. While I'll never forget milk. Who remembers you're running out of baking powder or dill pickles unless you wrote it down when you noticed? And if you did write it down, where'd that piece of paper go? (laughs) It's always a challenge. So I ran out to the store about a week ago with about three seconds advance notice. Almost out of milk. I love milk. Plus, I wanted to grab a bottle of molasses in hopes of finding a recipe to mimic these really delicious but stupidly expensive cookies I'd bought from a farm stand. The farm stand is Briarmere, in case you were wondering, where the line of tourists literally snakes out the door to plunk down $20 for pies and a couple of other bakery treats that should cost half the price, but that's another story. Anyway, got to the store, pat on the back here for grabbing a couple of recyclable bags to bring in, because I instinctively must have known I'd be buying more than milk. So I start filling up the cart. Some broccoli, Italian sausage, a couple of impulse items, some on sale, some falling into the category of, oh, that would be tasty, and the molasses. Yay, I remembered without writing it down. I think, by the way, sometimes I should grab a smaller cart or maybe not grab a cart at all so I'm not inclined to fill it up. I think that's one of the psychological tricks that stores know, like tractor-trailer-sized carts that they have at BJ's and Costco. Nobody gets to the checkout with just a pack of cheese. Those babies scream to be filled to the top and more. Anyway, I fill the cart. Of course I do. I check out, I get home, I start unpacking, and here's what happened. I'm making room in the freezer for the bag of sweet potato fries. I have to first push aside, yeah, a bag of sweet potato fries. Had that happen. The cream of mushroom soup was on sale for half price. That's a deal. And given that it is a key ingredient in a slew of my favorite lazy girl dinner recipes, and cold weather's coming, which means I may be cooking hearty dinners again at some point, I bought two cans of cream of mushroom soup. And when I went to put them in the pantry, I found I already had, no, not one or two, six. Six cans of cream of mushroom soup. (laughs) That's a lot of cooking. So, I'm thinking, before I shelve those artichoke hearts, the impulse item, the garbanzo beans, I need beans, but I didn't buy black beans because I was pretty sure I already had them, 
or one more can box or carton, I thought, you know, it's time for me to like clean out the cabinet. Let's get a little organized. Every once in a while, you just got to take stock whether you want to or not. Clearly, my once in a while spans about a five-year period because I found a couple of cans dating back to 2012. Turns out I also already had artichoke hearts. Three cans in the cupboard. Note to self, find a recipe that calls for artichoke hearts for God's sake and make it. I found not just one, but two backup jars of mayonnaise. There were four cans of garbanzo beans, but oddly, not a single solitary can of black beans. And as you can imagine, so many more multiples, backups of backups. But it wasn't until after I made the cookies, which turned out pretty good, thank you, and I was putting away the molasses that I moved some bottles around and found, you saw this coming, didn't you? Another jar of molasses, also already opened. I guess I'll be making those cookies again. And some other kinds of cookies with molasses. Or finding a neighbor who's like, hey, do you have a cup of sugar? And we're here, yes, take this molasses too. Ever try that? Anyway, the good news is that it has spurred me on, at least in theory, to tackle other little pockets where I have too much. I'm going to work my way up to the attic in the garage. But I figure if I start small, I can hopefully create some momentum, maybe become the mistress of minimalizing, or maybe just pare down a little, clear a path in the attic, a little space in the garage. I don't think I'll ever fit a whole car in there, so I'm not shooting for that. But, you know, it would be nice to be able to walk from the front to the back, right? I thought I'll start out with closets. You clear out all those tops and dresses and jackets that I have but don't need, that I bought but didn't wear. That's the worst. Maybe like filling up a shopping cart, closets also demand to be filled. You know that expression, nature abhors a vacuum? It's based on the idea that empty or unfilled spaces are unnatural, that they go against the law of nature and physics. So it's not just me being compulsive. I'm actually like, you know, I'm actually reacting to the laws of nature. (laughs) Good to know. Anyway, I had my neighbor Debbie come over the other day. Debbie is gifted at selling clothing. Consignment shops, street fairs, she turns her unwanted clothes into cash. So I'm like, "Uh, hey, Deb, come take a look at what I got. And Deb's like, huh, oh, hmm, summer, summer, maybe summer, no. Oh, this might be good. And my personal favorite, the 80s called, they want their clothing back. Okay, so maybe I hang on to things too long. I bet I'm not the only one, am I? So the closets are going to have to be addressed at some point. Beyond what's hanging up, there's what's piled on the shelves and sitting on the floor. You know, I don't consider myself a shoe girl, like many, many women I know are, but I still wind up with over a dozen, maybe two dozen pairs of shoes, maybe two dozen of which I never wear. I wear sneakers, I wear one or two pairs of flip-flops, But you know how you're going to be going to some special event and you need a pair of cream-colored heels or silver shoes or something that isn't sneakers or flip-flops? That's why my closet is way too full of too many pairs of shoes. Because what if I toss them and then the very next day something will come up that those red heels would have been perfect for? I can bank on that happening. And then there are all those clothes I'm tired of. Or that they're not flattering, or that I can't squeeze into anymore, or that I just don't want anymore. But clearly, at least according to Debbie, there's not much that anybody else wants either. Hmm. On Facebook, I saw a group called the Upcycle Cloth Collective. Their motto, sew it, don't throw it away. 
I did that with an old toss pillow and a t-shirt that I loved, but, well, okay, couldn't squeeze into anymore. Must have shrunk in the dryer. Anyway, I turned it into a new pillow, and I was so proud of myself. But will I ever actually do that again? Chances are slim to none. So what am I going to do with it all? I may have mentioned this before, but I really have a hard time just throwing stuff away. Landfills and oceans of garbage and all that almost keep me awake at night. Okay, that's an exaggeration. Nothing keeps me awake once my head hits the pillow. I'm out till the animals start clamoring for breakfast. But I do worry about it, and I do think about it, and I do feel guilty if I'm throwing stuff away. So I go through this whole, can I donate this, whatever it is, to a thrift shop? Does it have another use? Can it go anywhere other than in the trash? I wrestle with these questions. Meanwhile, the stuff is crowding me out of my house. Is it any wonder I'm just telling you about it rather than getting to work, delay, forestall, postpone? These are some of my better tactics. Here's the big idea I have to stop the procrastination parade. Ready? It's to start small. I have in previous episodes of paring down before I paired back up again, found that if I tackle one small thing, like a drawer, for instance, getting that done gives me this sense of success that can often spur me to the next drawer or eventually closet or maybe attic. Investing a half hour or an hour and getting it done is very rewarding. I read an article recently that more or less supports that theory, and it offers a really interesting tip for how to go about organizing a drawer. You ready for this? Step one, take the drawer out and dump it out. Not in the garbage because, man, then you could just walk away and go, okay, I'm all done. But, you know, there might be things in there you want. So literally pull the drawer out and dump it on some sort of a clear area, a table, a counter, the floor, whatever your choice. Then if it's a kitchen drawer, they suggest using a multi-purpose cleaner and a towel to spray and wipe out the grime that was probably hiding underneath your junk. If it's a dresser drawer, you could just sweep out the dust or just blow on it. (laughs) Put in a liner if you like. But this article was mostly about cleaning out the junk drawer. So they go on to say that the number one item in your junk drawer is probably, you want to guess what it is? I wouldn't have guessed this because it's not. But according to them, it's a pen collection. If so, they say test each pen and what doesn't work gets tossed. I don't put pens in drawers. I put pens in pen holders, which I have all over my house, filled to the brim. Apparently, the number two item in a drawer is paper. Menus, sticky notes, business cards, they say that they tend to get, you know, tossed in, shuffled together, and then you don't even know what you have. So they suggest sorting through, recycle what you don't need, and paper clip the rest. I have a folder for menus, like a little, uh, you know, it's got plastic things in it, and you can put the menus in it. That's kind of nice, except I have all these menus from like, you know, 18, 12. It doesn't quite. Oh, look, you could get a full dinner for $6. Anyway, then you set up drawer organizers. You can buy them or maybe just use like tuna cans or Tupperware. Let me know what works for you. You know what works for me? The best motivation I've found, aside from the fact that when you open up a drawer or a closet or look in the attic and it's just so crowded, you're overwhelmed and you burst into tears and spend the rest of the day on the couch eating chocolate, I find that if I really want to tackle something, I do the before and after. I take pictures. I take a picture of my kitchen counter when it's just cluttered with stuff. And then I get rid of all that stuff. And then I take a picture of the kitchen counter as though it was in some sort of a housekeeping magazine. 
Then you go back and forth, before, after, before, after, before, after. It is so satisfying. You toss file, toss some more, boom, you've cleared off the table. You take that picture. You look at them side by side. Last time I used the photo motivator, I went on a cleaning tear, and it was wonderful. Of course, I never got to the attic or the garage, but it is on my list of things to do. If I could only keep track of where I put that list. <laughs> 